Hello and welcome to the Video Gamer UK Zelda podcast special. We bloody love Zelda. Really do. People say that we don't right. like Nintendo things, but those people don't listen to things that come out of our mouths. Yeah. We bloody love Zelda. Anyway, long and short of it, there is a brand new Zelda game coming out. Brand new. It's on Can the 3DS. Uh, it looked great initially, mm-hmm. and then we heard more about it, yeah. and everybody, including myself, went, oh, God, it sounds crap. <laughs> but now, thankfully, we can tell you the embargo is lifted, and we can tell you that uh, Zelda A Link Between Worlds yeah, that's the one. on the 3DS is fucking fantastic. Is Absolutely anyone else having problems remember the name, remembering yes. the name of that game? Yes, it's, it's, a bit, yeah. it's because the actual full title is A Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. I mean, it's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a mouthful. So a The Legends of love. Zelda, but you know. Anyway... As we've said on earlier podcasts, all I know about this game is that you said it had a weird kind of item system in the way that yeah, worked. Yeah, it does. And also I know because I've heard you playing it that the music in it is so exciting that it makes me want to take my nostalgia trousers off yep. and jump into the sea. Yep, that's the and right thing to do as well. I am really excited to know more about this because mm. I've, I've avoided asking you too much about it because I wanted to have it on a podcast. Exactly. So this podcast is, is a Zelda special. We're going to start off just talking about why this game is awesome mm-hmm. and get like, no spoilers, obviously. No, no spoilers in this at all. Um, but after that, we're going to then talk about Zelda games generally. It's going to be a Zelda big podcast. Yeah. And at that point, I can't promise that there won't necessarily be spoilers. Yeah, for the so, past games, there will probably be some spoilers. Yeah, so if you haven't completed every Zelda game ever... <laughs> come back later. Come back later. For the, for yeah, the purpose of the audio, I'm raising my hand crap. up. Yeah. I'm actually I'm going to say we're probably not going to spoil too much about our crew time because of the fact that Brad's yeah. still playing it and I'm enjoying that process I've, I've just got to a big moment so yeah, yeah we'll, we'll talk, talk about it in about general it. terms though. anyway cracking on so why is it what tell us well I mean <laughs> if you'd like to you know if you, if you want to read while you listen to the podcast if you're, you're able to do that with your eyes and your ears we have given it a 10 well I have given it a 10 out of 10 a 10 out of 10 I don't want to put Yikes. you know my crazy scores on anybody else's shoulders but I mean I stand by well, I 100 know, I mean, million percent because since you've been working with me like you've only given one game a 10 and I completely agree with that yeah. so that was the last of us so yeah you're. Well, I gave GTA 5 a 10 as well oh yeah no, I'm just been... a 10 guy I just throw him out <laughs> but I like to point out before this I've only ever given two other games a 10 it's just been a great year that's pretty Good. It's been a great year. I've probably given about five games tens. But anyway, yeah. um, it's apparently awesome. Well, it's just, I mean, it's the way the whole thing builds. Like, when you start off, it deliberately places yourself in, a, you know, it is a link to the past. Not sort of verbatim, but, you know, you're in that world. It's in reintroducing things to you. It's doing that amazing thing where if you've never played a link to the past, it's letting you know, you know, not too subtly, but subtly enough. Whereas if you have playing it, it's just giving you nods and winks and nudges. You're like, oh, I feel like I'm part of the, the special Zelda club. <laughs> it's just me whenever I see these like 10 other million people going, oh, me too. <laughs> uh, and, that's just, and that's just wonderful. And that's when you smoke, it starts very, because obviously if you played A Link to the Past, it starts, it's nighttime, it's raining, and it just goes. Yeah. You know, your uncle goes, I've got to go, something terrible has happened. You're like, oh my gosh. You know, it's a very dark, very um, threatening beginning, really. It is, yeah. Uh, for what is essentially supposed to be a kid's game, even though they're not kid's games at all. This one is the opposite to that. This builds a little more. and It does it on purpose to make sure, terrible word, but I'm going to use it, so it's juxtaposed to the Link to the Past beginning. But then everything it does from then, and let's not forget the Link to the Past came out in 1991. So we're talking, what, 23 years. That's a long time. Shit, but yeah. everything it does... It does with the mindset that this is a sequel to A Link to the Past, what many people consider to be the best Zelda game. And it keeps that in mind the entire time. So what, it, what it's done is Nintendo have taken a step back and they've looked at it and gone, why does everyone love that so much? We'll take those bits. But what do we have to do to ensure that it's relevant in 2013, that it's new, that people don't feel like they're playing an update? And it, does it, it balances it genuinely, for me, perfectly. I don't see how they could have done it any better than wow. they have. And the way the adventure builds, I mean... It should come as no surprise to no one that you collect three 
emeralds or gems or whatever it is this time. Items. And then you think, oh, I've done the game. And no, you seven, haven't. Seven and then there's dungeons? seven more. Now, it, so it follows the Zelda template, but it, it does that in a strange way because there are lots of nods to other Zelda games in A Link Between Worlds. And they're done so well. I said this in my review. I genuinely thought my heart would just burst out of my chest and run down the road and I'd have to chase it and go, heart, come back, please. Um, because they're just, they're just so well done. Like, if you don't know what they're saying, you'll just see it as like, oh, lovely. I'm brewing bread. They'll, they'll just see it. But if, you, if, you haven't, if this is the first Zelda game you've played or your, your history is any good, you'll just see them as, oh, that's nice. They're telling me what's happened in other Zelda games. But if you have played other Zelda games, it's just like they're, you know, they're deliberately playing with my nostalgia, what I love about Zelda, and they're deliberately pushing it in my face. There's one thing, I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but just to make my point, Ravio, who's the guy that rents items, who we'll get to in due course, he takes over Link's house. And there is something in Link's oh, house. Oh, God, it sounds like some of your loans have uh, gone a bit bad. Oh, yeah, exactly. I'll give it in my house. Give him your house. Um, <laughs> but there is something in Link's house. I'm not going to tell you what it is, because it'd be unfair, because when I put two and two together, again, heart runs down the road. And it's just brilliant. And it's just it's so well done. If you've never played a Zelda game, you just probably laugh and think, oh, that's cute. But if you know Zelda, you just you want, you want to cheer. And you just want to go, it's so clever, Nintendo. It's so insignificant. I could go through the whole game and never see that, and it would make no difference. But the fact that it's there, and the fact that it is playing on hopes and expectations people have for the Zelda games in general, it's just, it's, and it does that constantly. It does that constantly. It doesn't throw these things in your face. It lets you find them. And every time you do, you just think, how have you done this, Anuma and friends? You're so clever. That's You're so amazing. lovely. I, I honestly believe that as well because it sounds like a weird thing, but the music, just hearing the music, the music, it, it blew me away because a lot of the time, you know, it doesn't sound like... If I would say to you, like, oh, yeah, it's a Zelda game, but they've recorded loads of new music and also, like, lots of classic Zelda music. Which is what they've tunes, done, yeah. Which is what they've done uh, with, cla- you know, with an orchestra, yeah. an orchestral soundtrack. That's the sort of thing now where every game does that, right? Mm. Like every game. I remember a few years ago, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's got an orchestral soundtrack. And you'd be like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now it's just like, yeah, even shit games have orchestras. Doing <laughs> it's stuff true, they do, yeah. yeah. Um, but just listening to it, even though, you know, and I can't wait to get some headphones on, some proper headphones. Honestly, I started off playing this game using the Nintendo 3DS speakers. After two hours, I went, what the hell am I well, doing? That's the thing and is, I got my ear and I plugged them in. because I, wanted... I heard it just from the speakers yeah. and it was amazing. Yeah but I cannot wait to put my best headphones in. It's rare to talk about music in a game. We should talk about it more in general because it can change an experience entirely. Oh, totally. and, yeah. and this game's good already, but the music is... Well, I've said this in, my, in the feature that accompanies the review. That's what takes it into this whole other plane because whether it's the new stuff... that well, Most of the dungeons, apart from when you go underground, you have the classic Zelda sort of below-ground noise. Most of the dungeons have their own themes and they're all instantly in your head. Do you know what I mean? They, they, they suit the environment. As soon as you go in and you hear the, you know, whatever tune they've got for 10 seconds, you just think, it's perfect. Yeah. And the way it's done, you know, it's not MIDI themed, it's not sort of bitty, it's a full orchestra with backing and, and it, it, just, it just makes you get 10 times more immersed in the game than you would already. And it's a small thing, I mean, it's not really a spoiler. I mean, I, no, it's not a spoiler at all. I mean, it's something I enjoyed noticing. The uh, overworld theme changes about three or four times. It's always a Zelda theme, so da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's always that, but it'll be, it's different variations. And if something happens in the story that's bad, it becomes a bit more frenetic, <laughs> a bit faster. If you've kind of just done something, it slows down a bit. I think it probably changes four or five times, but you notice <laughs> it and you just think, oh, it's so good. And like, sometimes they'll add in instruments to give you more of a flavor. So you always feel like you're progressing. You well, always feel thing. like you're part of an adventure. And it just grows and grows. It never stops growing, ever. I, I've got to say, like, I'm, uh, like, I'm, a, I'm big into music. But at the same time, like, I, you know, just to give you some context, like whenever you have these big live shows where it's like, hey, video game music yeah. at the Albert Hall or whatever, 
I, I don't really buy into that stuff. I mean, it's nice, but it's like, I don't get excited by that. No, like, I need to be... When it's like, oh, sure, yeah. whatever. Like, well done, you've done a Final Fantasy theme in with an orchestra, that's very nice. Yeah. But the thing is, because I often find that those things, I've seen them, I went to video games live once, and it kind of felt like it lacked a bit of soul. It felt like a very professional orchestra playing a tune effectively. Yeah, I agree, but I know what you mean. How, just listening to the way that these tracks have been done from the other side of the room on shitty tinny speakers, these have, you know, this is the way they've been like conducted you can tell that this is actually like the the orchestra who've done it have taken it seriously oh, i totally agree and it's the conductor passion, have yeah. really nailed it like they haven't oh, just yeah. gone they haven't just gone here's the music play it no it's like and then they've gone yeah that's fine they've yeah. gone Link's no just no no, no. This bus. No. yeah it needs to be this like they, they've actually kind of and even though it is a kind of basically it's not 2d but it's a 2d style game yeah, top course, down yeah. they have looked at stuff like atmosphere with real importance definitely and i think I mean, bringing something else into the equation just, just briefly, I think it must be on Nintendo's agenda this year because Mario 3D Land World 279, whatever it's called, does exactly the same. It's exactly, it wouldn't be surprising it's the same orchestra. Their focus on music this year, as always, I mean, everyone remembers classic Nintendo tunes. They're, they're geniuses at doing it. But the emphasis just seems to be so much more. And like I said, I can't, people probably listen to this going, it can't be that good, trust me. Yeah. I think, I'd have to sit down and genuinely think about this because games like Shadow of the Colossus, even Dragon Age, I remember really enjoying the soundtracks. I think this is better than all of them. And it, it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt because you, you're listening yeah, to I, themes I, that you're used to. Say it, but that's only 50% of the themes. 40% mm. maybe. I'd say there's 50 to 60% new songs and all of them. I mean, the Ice Temple music is ridiculous. I mean, it's just, you go in there and all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, this feels huge because the music is making me go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what have I got to do? It's just ridiculous. It, it does kind of, um, just by listening to you guys talk about it, I, I don't want to play it until I know more about the series because it sounds no, like should, yeah. it's a Zelda game for Zelda fans. Because even, I, like, it's, I'm sure it's a fantastic game, but it will kill me to know that there's these little touches that I'm not yeah. picking up on. And well, it sounds awesome. It definitely is. I mean, which is nice because obviously what they've been doing with some games, with Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks, if you're honest, was trying to make Zelda games for a wider yeah. audience. Yeah. And someone, you know, you could still play these, still very accessible, but... I enjoyed know, them, but I think the reason, uh, you know... They weren't Zelda games now. I, I think the reasons I enjoyed weren't. them was because I wanted them that badly. Yeah, I totally agree with I you. Think I think it was totally agree. that I was so desperate for a new, for a new Zelda, Zelda game yeah. that was still like the old Zeldas. Mm. Uh, because I had grown up with Oracles of Seasons and Ages, and we'll go back to talk about them in a little bit, I guess. But um, I think I wanted them so badly that I was willing to forgive a lot. Yes, I, 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 I didn't agree more. Uh, and this doesn't do that. I think I said in my, in my review, like, they almost felt like Zelda games for the sake of having Zelda games. Yeah. Whereas this feels like it wants to be the complete opposite of that. It wants to be remembered as this really important Zelda game. It wants to sit along the likes of Ocarina of Time, Link to the Past, um, Link's Awakening on the Game Boy, which I still love. It wants to be talked about in the same... And it, and it will do. And it will do as well because it just, it's just such a magnificent adventure, if nothing else. And it just, like I say, the fact that you can now choose which dungeon you go to first. Like, yeah, I mean, tell us more about this whole system. Well, it's weird. Like, I struggled with it. And I think I look back, the reason I struggle with it now is because I've played too many Zelda games because I was convinced, basically, when you get to low rule, have you low, spell L-O rule, low rule, we'll call it. That's the dark world, right? Mm -hmm. And when you get there and you've got your seven dungeons that you go to after you've collected your three pendants and you've got the master sword and you just want badass mother, um, you can go anywhere you want. You can pick whatever temple you want. As long as you go get the relevant item from... Oh, it's Ravio Rovio. No, it's Ravio. Ravio. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you get the relevant item from then, it's still very much like if you're in the ice temple, you need the ice rod. Classic Zelda. 
So you still need that. But you can go there straight away. And I struggle with that because I'm so used to thinking I can't go to this dungeon until I'm 75% of the way through the game because that's how it's structured. So sometimes I got to what I now realize in hindsight were puzzles that you had to solve out to get to a new area and gone, can't get in there yet, haven't got the right stuff. (laughs) And I realized in this moment of sort of ingenuity, I can get in there. I have the tools. It's a puzzle. So you solve that puzzle. Now... I didn't do it that like sounds this. That's interesting because I would have kind of almost thought that a lot of, uh, we talked about this in the past, and this is why I think Zelda games uh, started to lose their luster for me over the years, is the fact that you arrive somewhere, you can't work out how to do something, mm. and you must be getting this feeling now. Yeah. You're, you know, you just done Lord Jabba Jabba's belly. Yeah, which seems so intimidating. You think, this how, how can I do it? Because yeah. you don't know that the boomerang exists. Exactly. Yeah, exactly yeah. And then as soon as you know the boomerang exists, suddenly everything makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but oh, I, I imagine I can stroll through that now in a, in minutes, whereas I was in there for uh, over an hour. It's just like kind of <laughs> yeah. When I was when I first played it, but I mean, how? Because surely it's a bit overwhelming, right? When uh, presumably near the start, it just says here are all the items. It is, but I won't lie. I didn't. I don't think I approached it the way they wanted me to approach it. I still <laughs> went. I'm doing that on that on that on that on that on that one. So even then, even when I got stuck on a dungeon, especially when you die, all your rented items go back to Ravio. Um, so you have to go and get them back. Now, the point of that is not only to make death more of a threat, so when you do have the bleeping hearts because you're down to three or less, you think, oh, I can't want to die. I don't want to lose all my stuff and have to start all again, basically. Um, it's to do it so that if you do die in the ice dungeon and then you go back to Ravio's house, you can go, you know what, I'm going to leave. I've done 50% of the mm-hmm. ice dungeon. I'll come back to that later. I will go do the fire dungeon or the water temple or you know, I'll go and do something instead. Mm. Now, because I'm so ingrained in Zelda lore, I didn't do it like that on my first playthrough. My second playthrough, because there's a hero mode that unlocks once you finished it, which is a harder version of the game, which I obviously went through. That time I went, I'm going to try it. I'm going to be a lot more freeform with it. And if I do get stuck, and, and it, when you start playing like that, you realize it's so open. It is so open. And it's just so, you just go exploring. If you get stuck, just go exploring somewhere else. You can always get there. You just got to figure out the puzzle. <coughs> and that kind of freedom, much like the original Zelda in 1986 or whenever it was, is, is refreshing. I mean, it is refreshing because they did that so long ago. They can do it now and it feels right. And, you know, I did miss... Mate, I've, got, I've just remembered I've got to bring Dark Souls in for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know, forget. yeah. Because, no, because I, I find this fascinating because it seems like, in a weird way, um, Dark Souls was a reminder to games of what games used to be. Yeah, particularly totally, Zelda. Yeah, it certainly sounds yeah, that way. I'm seeing that link so much. Just yeah. the fact that you... Link, good <laughs> yeah, pun. There nice. we are. Um, just the, the idea that you play a game and it doesn't really care whether or not you know where you're going at first it's yeah. just like you're gonna have to figure this out and also i mean like what you just described of being like you know what like you get stuck you think actually yeah. you know what i'm not doing this i'm gonna go back in somewhere else that is how like demon souls and dark souls works yeah i'd be like you either choose that you're gonna persist and you're gonna be like no i'm gonna do this and yeah. you set your you set yourself a challenge and you go i'm gonna do this or you just go no that's what we've done live stream <laughs> yeah, this week we just go no, I can't do this, boss. And <laughs> you just literally later. just abandon yeah. it and go and do something else. It's very similar then. I mean, I did, I, like I said, I did miss, because there's still big chests. There are still certain items you have to get in dungeons. I won't tell you what, but the majority of items you need are from Ravio. Oh, okay, Rabio. well, that does change things. But I, I did miss the excitement of going, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? But then I've had that excitement in the past. So I've got no problem in doing something new. And like I said, by the end of the game, I loved it. I and absolutely did the, loved d- it. Does it have new items that are interesting? Yeah. Yeah, it's got a few new items. Because I was going to say, because I liked it in uh, Twilight Princess when they had stuff like the swingy mace and stuff. Yeah. Because yeah, like, there it, it was nothing like that before. Yeah. Really. No, there are. I'm not going to tell you what they are just because one, no, when yeah, you find no. out what it does, I laughed. I thought, it's so ridiculous. That constitute, that would, yeah. If, if people start telling me what the I- new items do, and I'm sure actually that a lot of reviews for that game will start talking about that stuff because that's what people presumably yeah. what people think they will know about but that's a massive spoiler for no me. it is it's huge and you know it's just and it, it, 
by the end of the game, I, I did love it. And I saw what it was doing. Because you can still play it like a Zelda game if you want. Like I did. I did. I just went through the temples in the order I wanted. And I kept going back. You know, I kept repeating them every time that I died. How, so How do you know which items you'll need when you go to the... <laughs> You definitely know. It's my fire temple. What do I need? How about the fire rod? Is that yeah. so with, with, <laughs> that's a lot with, with all the stuff that you rent? Is it quite obvious well, by the names? I don't or? know because being who I am, I rent all the items. <laughs> I just went in there <laughs> and I went buying that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. You can buy them to a certain point. They cost a lot of money though, uh, and you you have you can get unlimited rupees now. There's no limit on the amount of rupees you can get. Uh, but being me, and I just rented all the items. So once you, if you've got sort of, experience, if you died just after that. Use. Oh, it happens a lot. Uh, if you've got experience with Zelda, you can always kind of work out. And if not, just experimenting with them and knowing what the dungeon's layout is, any intellectual person, even if you're pretty stupid, you'd be like able to figure it out. Going to a, a, one of the temples, getting far enough in and not realizing and then having to just go back to that the can shop, happen. shop to get it, I, I've, A few people will do that, but mm. I think they'll enjoy that as well because they can even just put that away in the back of their brain and, and be like, think, right, we can go that Sand way. Temple, I need yeah, that. Now I'm going to go off and do this. Yeah, and the, the idea that you can just go wherever you need yeah. kind of gets around that. It's, it, it sounds it's, very interesting. It's an incredible game. I mean, it really is. And a lot of people are like, oh, he's such a Zelda fanboy. And I do love Zelda games. It's probably my favorite franchise. But you're clearly not mad because we've, we've given you the tests. We've, you know, we've said, yes. like, oh, what do you think about, like, you know, the... The ones on the DS. I wouldn't stuff. give them tens. I'd probably, probably give them like sevens or sixes, maybe precisely, even. Precisely. Like so, and uh, uh, yeah. But I this mean, is this feels like a return to form almost. I mean, I don't mean because I enjoyed Skyward Score. I wouldn't give Skyward Sword ten either. Um, but I mean, in terms of handhelds, this really feels like you know coming off the back of remaking Ocarina of Time for the 3DS and then doing this is a ridiculous run of Zelda games. Absolutely. And, and I can't believe if you like Zelda, you won't like this. That's the thing. I mean, basically, it's just... I mean, I wasn't able to talk about it at the time, but obviously I, I did recently, in a, in a fit of madness, just decide to buy a 3DS XL so I could give Brat. But it was mainly because I, I saw you playing Zelda mm. and I thought, fuck, I want that. I tell you. I, I bought a 3DS XL as an upgrade just because... It, I just, I don't know. Like, thing is, there's a bit of a weird kind of split in the fact that when people who people who review games and people who play games to review, I don't do as much reviewing anymore these days. But mm. there's always a, a perceived wisdom from people outside of the industry that you know to really kind of get a sense of whether or not a game is good, you need to play it for a very long time, and you know you need to really kind of delve down and work out if it's good or not. And sometimes to find gems and to really appreciate things, you do. Yeah. However there are always exceptions and you spend so much time exposed to games and looking at games that every now and then when you see something special you just know yeah oh yeah you, you get just a feeling yeah you get a feeling within minutes yeah. you just go fuck yep this is something and i really got that vibe from that game it's funny because that's how i felt about it i was excited about it obviously but when our review code dropped i wasn't in, even excited i actually <laughs> I, I was because i'm like a kind of i feel like i'm a recovered zelda fanboy yeah and <laughs> um, i used to love it and I, there was a point at which I used to be able to proudly say that I had like finished every Zelda game. How many years sober have you been, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> well, apart from the first two games, actually, I didn't ever play the Legend of Zelda. We'll talk about these in a little bit, actually. Mm. But I, apart from that, I've finished all of them. Yeah. The only ones I haven't played now, I still haven't played... Um, I gave up on Spirit Tracks because I thought, oh, it's the same game. Off. It's the same yeah, game it's again. The same game. And I haven't played... Um, Skyward Sword. Mm. But I'm planning to resolve that at some point when I yeah. have a life and free time again. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but I mean, this is, this is the device that's almost perfect as well because obviously it's portable and it's handheld so oh, you can dip it and dip out. And it's, it's the... Christmas, mate. Christmas. Honestly, man. I've got to spend it's some the time. best Christmas game. And the amount of... I'm not going to tell you what they are because, I mean, I have mentioned one in a few in my review but I won't... Actually, I will mention one because I just want to talk about it. 
the best thing about Zelda is when you stumble across these weird side quests or these weird kind of mini games that they have. <laughs> and there's two in particular that just, I mean, I spent so much time with them. It's, they're, they're nothing. But one is, I think I mentioned this in the podcast, actually. One is you, you, you pay a man 50 rupees and he goes, well, come into my rupee garden. You have 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. you, you have 30 seconds. Simon, we've told you about this. You <laughs> do not follow those people. I love it because I honestly get the impression that the, the people that do the writing for Zelda don't realize that that seems weird. Like they I don't yeah, know. It's supposed to be odd in terms of no. how the, the world is. I think they do. I think they're all mad. You see some of the weird characters. I mean, there's less in... Um, there are less... I mean, actually, no. The guy who owns the Happy Mask shop... Yeah, he's insane. ...is he in Ocarina of Time, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's he's one of the main characters in, like, uh, Majora's Mask. Yeah. But, but he's potty. But <laughs> when you meet <laughs> characters like that, there are definitely some characters in Ocarina of Time and stuff. Oh, definitely. And I think the sense of humor in this game is fantastic. Uh, the way it tells you how to save, I'll, I'll save that one because it's but, hilarious. But yeah, you're but, in a rupee garden. You're in a rupee garden, and man. you have thirty seconds to collect as many rupees as you want. But you have to keep the time in your head. There's no timer on screen, and it's just it's so incredibly fun. I don't know why. Do you have to get out before. Yeah, yeah, you have to talk to him before thirty seconds. Out, otherwise, you lose all your rupees. <laughs> oh, man. So that's cool. And, but you can get if you time it well, and if you have the, if you use all your items in the right way, you can get about you know three hundred rupees, which is a lot because to rent items it costs about three hundred rupees to buy them. It's about eight hundred to like twelve hundred rupees. So rupees become this really important thing huh. in a link between worlds. So that little mini game, I was like, right. <laughs> I never did it properly. I either went one second over, or I was four seconds, you know. Because the closer you get, he'll give you a bonus. So if you get there, I think with like a second to go, he doubles the cost. That's actually badass. like the crystal maze. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like the crystal <laughs> maze. Up a lot, but that is. It is. And then there's this other one where once you're in low rule, you go to this, and if you link to the past fan, you remember, you go to this, sort of this wooded area. I just walked in there because I want to wonder what's in there. It's a game of baseball. But it's the most fun game. I played it for about an hour. It's just I can't stop playing it. And it's oh, it's just wonderful. It's just fantastic. It made me feel like a kid again. Um, I think that, to be honest, these days that is the highest accolade for a game. Yeah. Um, and actually, I'm not sure if it's. Uh, uh, we we did a thing about our games of the generation. Has they been going up yet or not? They're going up from Friday tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Going up, yeah, okay. Yeah. From tomorrow, check out on the website then because all of us are yeah one a day they're going up. Yeah, yeah, individually we're all doing our kind of games of the generation piece. Yeah, and uh, something I touched upon with well, one of my games is just that thing of being like I, it's a it's a recurring theme now as I get older is my knowledge and passion for games as a medium yeah. is just increasing all the time. But then the amount of time I the, the moments at which I play games and feel the same joy that I did when I was younger and discovering them yeah. for the first time, and discovering new genres, and you know, being somebody who likes pretty much every type of game, just realising the scope of what you could do with yeah. them, kept me so excited. Yeah, I totally agree. It um, doesn't same. happen as much anymore. No, it doesn't. And, I mean, like, it's like Dark Souls doesn't make me feel young again, yeah. but it makes me feel like I've not played games before. And that's what this did. And I, I, don't, I don't replay games. I, mean, I never replay games. I don't see the point of it. And as soon as I'd finished this, I replayed it. I started straight again. I went on hero mode, because it's a lot harder, and I wanted to see you know, what the challenge was like, but I just wanted to, I wanted to stay in the world. It was just, it was just too delightful not to stay there. And I can't, I mean, it's my game of the year. And it's not just my game of the year, it's a game of the year by a country mile. And I love The Last of wow. Us. I thought The Last of Us was, I was, I was impressed with GTA 5 technically, and I think it's a wonderful game. That's really something. But in terms of emotion and stuff, I thought Last of Us was incredible. But this is still mild. I mean, it's from, easily yeah. my game of the year. It was just, it does so many things that I've always wanted Zelda games to do. And it even has a mechanic that I wasn't massively sold on for half the game. I don't particularly like the item thing. I don't hate it, but I didn't like it. It was only when I got to the end and I kind of looked back and thought, oh, I am glad it was like that. But everything else is too good. Like the dungeon design we haven't talked about. There's been a lot of criticism pointed at Zelda games for repeating the dungeon, especially with block puzzles. And it's true, they did overdo yeah. them. It doesn't do that. I mean, there are some, but not a lot. And some of, uh, it's just the way it teases you. Like, I mean, this is more for a Zelda fan, I'll admit. But the way it uses some of the enemies that you're used to, the way it tricks you 
and makes you think you have to do a puzzle like it used to be, but twists it a bit. The way it uses 3D to come up with new puzzles is just mm. wonderful. Like, this game would not be as good without the 3D. I'm not going to tell you why, but just the way it uses dimensions and depth of field That's and stuff like that. And the dungeons are... They're genius. I couldn't come up with them. I couldn't come up with some of them are so intelligent. Well, that is interesting because I know Zelda dungeons in my head enough that I reckon I could probably knock up a couple of Zelda dungeons in my head you, before lunch. You you will figure them out to a certain point. Yeah. But then, intentionally so, then it will go, aha, but what about this? And you'll literally go, oh yeah. Well, that's <laughs> no idea. In one of them, this is a small, small, small spoiler, but if you really, really want to go in completely blind, just turn down for literally um, 30 seconds. On one of them, you find the boss key in five seconds. And you're like, have I just broken this dungeon? And it, 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 this whole other thing opens. You go, oh my gosh. And it just tricks you. It tricks you entirely. It's, just, it's so clever. Honestly, Lovely. I would marry this game and I think I'd be happy for the rest of my life. Shit, son. It's so good. It's that's so the good. Best, that's the best box quote I've ever heard. <laughs> Not only is it one of my sort of favorite games of this year, I think it could go straight into my you know, top games ever, ever list. I like, would have is... full sex with this game. <laughs> <laughs> Not half sex, man. Full sex. Full sex. With, the, I... with my shirt off. And there's so many <laughs> characters as well. So many characters you meet are just, you know, ridiculous I, I mean, and lovely I've, and stupid. I've and... obviously already been sold and I've been sold off the music alone, which is dumb, but you know what? Like... No, music's important. Music to me is almost one of the most important things in games. I think sound design is the yeah. quickest way to the heart. We're not allowed to talk about this mentally and i love you nintendo but come on your bizarre embargoes even now we can't talk about this out the street pass functionality is tremendous but that's oh. all i can say real okay so, well i look forward to playing that when's it out uh november 22nd november 22nd yeah, that's same the same day as ps4 yeah. well that's my fucking decision so <laughs> honestly I, mean, I feel like a bloody parrot but um today especially no disrespect to any people, by people I work with, but obviously, you know, next-gen excitement has got so insane. Oh, it's here, yeah. It's, 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 it's tantamount. It's mental, and people are getting so excited about next-gen, mm. and yet we don't really have any promise of... All the reviews are coming out for these games, and... Lackluster, yeah, Nothing's definitely. any good. Yeah. And, and we also, because it's weird, because we have so many good games mm. coming out on everything else. Yeah. And it's just, I find it a bit weird how everybody... Oh. Everyone in the industry is getting so excited about the PS4 and Xbox One. And as far as I'm concerned, I'll probably get excited about next year, maybe? Yeah. I'm because saying. for now... Nintendo owns this Christmas. It's literally like the 3DS is just fucking badass. Mm. Oh, yeah. And also, because I'm going to go on record that no one, unless you're a Zelda fan, is listening to this, so we'll sneak this in. Mario's brilliant, too. We're not allowed to say that, but Mario is brilliant too. Like, genuinely, if you've got Wii U and you've been sat there for a year going, where the fuck are my games? <laughs> Mario will blow your brain as well. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, well, and that's something I want to play, but yeah. Anyway. I, I do love that they're launching this game on the same day as a major console. They well. don't they just, give a they shit. They don't care. And they, they probably don't need to. Like, I think anything. it's a different market. Yeah. Oh, I do. oh, yeah. It's just it's wonderful that they just do that. But it's like, even it's you, true. if you went from Ocarina of Time to this, mm-hmm. like, even you would get something, you know, because they, they know that a lot of people play Ocarina of Time. Like, when you go into the castle, there's just like these mosaics, I call them, of, you know, the Ocarina of Time story. And you can read them in, in Chronicle of Order, or you can just, you know, and it just sort of slowly fills you in. They look really nice. And there's a guard next to them if you talk to, and he gives you a little nudge, like, oh, I, I used to know that guy. I don't know, you didn't. It's 100 years ago. And he goes, oh, yeah, I didn't really. Um, but it's just, you know, it's just, it, it treats people, you know, as if with assumed knowledge yeah. and that always makes you feel like you're part of a special club and I loved it I loved it there's so many references to other Zelda games like I said the one in Ravio's house or Link's house is I cannot wait disgusting I ain't gonna buy the piss out of that let's have a quick ra- rush through that actually just talk because it's been like uh, the first Zelda game came out in 1986 yeah, which was a year after oh, I was born four yeah. years yeah, before two years after me, yeah. you weren't even alive man I wasn't oh, man. disgusting you were just a bloody you were twinkling your father's yeah. eye you weren't yeah. even a sperm 
People used to say, twinkle in your father's <laughs> eye. And then when I actually, re- it was only a couple of years ago that I really thought about that it phrase. It sounds much nicer and than it is. it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, like, no, it's, it's not. It's basically, it means like, that was a point at which your dad was just basically going, I want to fuck her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which is much. like, when you think about it like that, you're like, that's not a nice phrase. Lovely. That's a horrible phrase. But it's weird. You think how far it's come from the original. I mean, obviously, a link between worlds is very similar to it, but there's no story. The original Zelda, you made up your own story. Yeah, an old man went here, have a sword. Cheers, mate. And then you picked a, any dungeon you wanted to, and off and off you I went. I tried to play it um, a couple of years ago, <laughs> and I found it really frustrating. I didn't like it at all. But I can imagine it is because, especially in 1986, to it do stuff that like, in 1986, you kill the monsters, and then it'd be really hard to kill the monsters sometimes. Yeah, because the controls are rubbish. And, and because then, you weren't supposed to be at that part. Then it? Yeah, then you'd leave the screen and come back and they'd be back instantly. Oh, that would be like, yeah, what? Respawning monsters. What? Then. And yeah, it was just, it was really punishingly hard. But yeah. also, I mean, it, it was, it's a classic problem of old games of the fact that it was, at the time, it was like this huge world. You can go wherever you want. You've it's got an no open direction. world game. Like, it really is. Go wherever you it want. Was. Yeah. And that's why I th- I'm so actually excited about what they've done with this because it feels like Zelda had forgotten what it was. And it sounds like. And I'll be interested to read all the reviews and see if other people make this connection. Mm. But just from what I'm hearing, it sounds like they've noticed that Dark Souls has brought back what Zelda was and they've been then like inspired by that? I think so. I think there's some other games as well that I think they've looked at. You know, not stupid Nintendo. I think they've looked at a broader canvas and gone, you know, what can we do? I mean, the biggest thing it has going for it, like I said, is that it's a sequel to A Link to the Past. That's the same with art style. That's the same with the, the characters that they brought back. They look the same too. And that's been really, really positive influence on the series. Because they've obviously gone back to Link to the Past and gone, why is that so good? We have to take all that. And it's still good now. It's a classic game. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not even worse. I was going to say, like, we're gonna, oh, let's just skip Adventure of Link. Because, I mean... I like you, Zelda you too. Quite like I Zelda finished too, it right? twice. <laughs> Which kind of sums me up. <laughs> now, it's not a Zelda game. It's some weird side, pl- side platformer thing. I know, right? If I made you play Zelda 2, you would not be a happy man, brat. It's not Oh, it's good. weird. It's like Faxanandu. If you remember Faxanandu, it was a game by... I can't remember now, but it came out on the NES. It was a lot like that, but Fax Allen was better. Here's my Nintendo geek there's knowledge a, coming uh, out. There's a real world, because you know, the, the, the thing I always remember about that is there was a CGI, well, not CGI, it was like an animated intro for it. That's right. There was yeah. like a cartoon that was really weird. There's a YouTube video I finally found out recently, my godfather, because um, he was telling me his kids and him, like his kids recorded a kind of like live action version of the intro to <laughs> Zelda 2. And it's like really bad acting, and it's, it's got loads of views on YouTube. It's just mental how That's it's amazing. like. He's like, oh yeah, I, do you know about Zelda? I'm in this thing. It's <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's like you're you're pretending to be Ganon or something. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> but Zelda Two is not a Zelda game. Don't go back and it's play Zelda Two now. Like don't don't do it. But it was an intro. I, I appreciate Nintendo because they had this massive hit on their hands. And they went, no, we want to try something else. And to come well, out... I don't know. I don't know if that's how it worked. It came out a year later. Well, okay. It so seems so like very just much like, they just went, make something shit, yes. get something out <laughs> Well, of true. But, uh, you know, to go from that to A Link to the Past well, yeah, no, is, is huge. I I'm mean, kind of cheating here because I've got a timeline in front of me. But yeah. then four years later... Nice, nice, <laughs> very good. 1991, we had A Link to the Past. Yeah, which was, I mean... That still stands up. You could play that, Brat, now. I mean, I'd play the Game Boy Advance version and you wouldn't... It wouldn't blink. And this is why this game is so good. It's why Link Between Worlds is so good because it uses that template. It's still, when you actually think about it, how big that was at it's, the time. The world was huge back then in 1991. It's like, this can't be this is big. Is that when they started to introduce the story elements to it? Or I mean, Zelda 2 had story elements to it, but this was, the, this was the proper was one. Where it was fucking rubbish. <laughs> well, yeah. And also, Link to the Past is the one where it started doing, right, three pendants, seven pendants, then a magic dance going to happen. And, you know, it kind of really enforced that structure. Yeah. And I understand why Nintendo stuck with it because everybody loved it so they thought well we've obviously hit something here so you know but yeah obviously I mean also it had a lot of surprises like you know the whole dark world stuff oh the dark that's the thing because again 
back then, I remember I did the first three pendants, whatever it was, and I thought, oh, it's a big, is it- solid chunk of game. And I thought, that was good. And it goes, oh, welcome to the real game. And you've got a whole different world, and you've got yeah. eight other dungeons, whatever it is. And you're like, this is huge. It was like GTA 3. Whereas with Ocarina of Time, I was panicked because when I... I mean, you probably worked out that it wasn't the end of the game after three temples. No. Just yeah, because yeah, yeah. because it's almost like that. now it's become such a, a cliche that it, games do that all the time. Yeah. Of doing the old one to going, hey, you've finished the game. Yeah. No, oh, you yeah. haven't. <laughs> yeah. But like when I was playing Ocarina, I started to panic. I was like, You thought, oh, what, you thought you'd take those free stones back and then... Well, no, I was like, well, it doesn't give you any real warning. Because only the second time they did it after that, don't forget. So it wasn't like it no, was I really ingrained. Yeah, well, I, guess, I, guess, yeah. I knew there was more to happen, but I didn't know where it was going. How it was going to happen, yeah. Um, and I, I kind of assumed, because I knew you were going to become older, but I kind of assumed that um that, that <laughs> that's, that, that's literally where i've got to yeah, let's um, talk about that let's jump ahead a bit I, too. Do, I do need to uh, backtrack ever so slightly i think we've been talking about it on the podcast over the last couple of weeks and i may have said gandalf was getting a bit of a hard time and thought it was <laughs> yeah it was you wait you he's just, moron he just rebranded himself as the king of yeah. evil <laughs> you said, support him i said he wasn't evil you support him he's that definitely is, evil yeah, okay yeah, he's definitely evil. evil as fuck yeah. yeah but yeah i say i say you don't want to to get back to the the castle yeah, and you've had the big, the big twist reveal. <laughs> I think I said to you, "Have you had I was the playing, horse I was like, bit?" No. no. However, okay. I, 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 no, no, I, I knew from the intro. That okay, the, if I'm the, of course, um, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be a horse involved, but I have met it when, like, when I was younger, and I played a nice song, and there was like a little, it, oh, it likes you now. So I imagine now when I get the horse, it, it'll. You got a tough thing to do before you get that what? horse. Yeah, you've got to get involved yeah. in a race. I, I not easy. A song. This the thing is lovely about it, right? Because you've just come back to the world, right? So what happens? You're in the Cathedral of Light or what a yeah. time. time yeah. Oh, God. I've had, I had a horrible awakening when I walked out of there because I knew they, they said it was going to be a bit different and they hinted. Oh, you've grown up now then? Yeah, so I walked, So you've seen that how well, Hyrule's only, been absolutely... Only into Hyrule yeah, Castle yeah. and it's like desolated. He's ruined it, yeah. I, I walked out into the second area and I was like, oh, man, this looks very different. And there's some like kind of weird zombie creatures yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure they are one of them jumped on the back of, of Link and strangled him to death yeah. and I had no health left and he died <laughs> so I've literally I've grown up I was like right time to save the world here yeah. we go yeah. walked outside died got killed by a zombie so, that's, so that's one of my favourite reveals of all time it's really gaming. frightening just because I it's like 14 yeah you feel like you're making some progress yeah. and then suddenly you go out and it's just the sound design as well it's just really bleak that yeah, wind going as those well those things yeah. scream at you yeah. when they see you of course and they make you freeze don't they as well. oh, man. and it's Wondrous. just like you go around and you realise it's like time has passed and you'll see but like everything's kind of gone really bad and mm. everywhere you go is like everything's a bit fucked up oh. and it's um it's it's really really cool oh, but it's also awesome. something this isn't a spoiler really but it's something that you'll realise because I love this is something you talked about a few times of just being like getting across the but like, oh, I got across to the other side of the field and then just uh, just before I got there, like the big gate went up, and I had to wait until the morning. <laughs> it's like they—I swear—in that game, they purposefully made it so it's impossible. Oh to yeah, get I should try. Yeah, you can't from <laughs> from there to the castle without the gate going down, right? But the reason for that is, is because when you get the horse, it means that then you, you can, can do it. Exactly, uh, it's I, always progression. There's always sense it, of it progression. Means you in get that, that game. sense of satisfaction yeah, yeah. of just being able to get there just before yeah. night so you're like yeah I remember I that it. being an ongoing thing go get to the gate go yeah, get to the gate. the gate go 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 because yeah, like yeah. a mini game within the it, game it's so true yeah. love, oh it's so good I had a little bit of a dumb moment after um, I'd got all three stones I, w- I was running back to the castle and I was in a bit of a rush because I wanted to start the podcast and I was like oh for Christ's sake the gate's gone up again <laughs> just like real life and then yeah. I got there just I was like, like oh life. actually this is important something, yeah, something this big is, uh, this is Ganon and he's running oh 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 no he's stolen someone he's not evil 
Nah. I just want you to get to that point because obviously it's nice because all the things that all the characters have set up to you up at that point about like, oh, when you're older and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like, oh shit, now I that am That reveal as well when he pulls the sword out of the stone for lack of a better term and then all of a sudden he grows up and then music and the way it builds. Yeah, oh, don't be alarmed. Yeah, good grief, it's good. Yeah, it's classy times. Oh, I point, obviously in between then as well, they put Link's Awakening out on the Game yeah, Boy. Yeah, Link's Awakening which, was the first Zelda game I played. Well, that started out as a, as a side project. People in Nintendo were just making that for fun. And then Miyamoto saw and he went, make that a real thing. Because it's nothing like any other Zelda game. It's really dark. Well, it's damn windfish. But it's different. Well, it has ideas in it. But obviously you've got Mario characters in it. You've got Bow Wows. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. It has Bow Wows. Because they're making it as like a little folly. Oh, put a Bow Wow in it. And then Miyamoto saw it and thought, no, do it. And go, the Chain go, go, go. Chomp. Is that yeah, the same, the same thing? thing? Yeah, yeah. It's like, why is Yeah, why is the Chain Chomp was like a whole side quest where you had to take you a Chain take Chomp a walk. for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> that's mental. But, and that's where the owl was first introduced. Yeah. That terrifying owl. And the windfish was this terrifying thing they kept talking about. It was a giant egg. Well, that's, was... uh, that's kind of the genius of it. And apologies if you haven't already played Link's Awakening yet, but we're going to talk about it now completely because mm. it is like a game of like, if you should have played that by now. If you've, you've had 20 it. years. You've, you've literally had 20 <laughs> years. <laughs> anyway, um, what I loved about the fact that it did have Mario characters in it, but then it kind of made sense of that because the whole point about Link's Awakening was it wasn't real. Exactly, yeah. It was all a dream. Yeah. But it was kind of wonderful because, I mean, this was at a point at which the whole, I mean, obviously Dallas had probably been by then anyway, but it, the whole it was all a dream thing hadn't really become a horrible cliche. No, no, no. It worked very well in this But it, well. Worked it explained really well that, a lot as well. Well, it was just because it worked so well because it didn't do it as a twist. Yeah. It did it as a gradual realisation. That's right. I totally agree. And so it didn't just go, oh, shit, that was silly, wasn't it? Yeah. But it wasn't real. It, 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 you kind of realised towards the end... This idea of like the, the dreamer awakens and stuff. That's right. It kept you kept oh. finding like just things like that that would say the dreamer will awaken. Yeah, and, and you're like, what the hell's that? Our mean? world will be destroyed. Yeah, and you kind of it has this really kind of Cthulhu vibe almost. Yeah, about that's... like. This destruction you, coming. Yeah, yeah. I was going to compare it to life on Mars. Yeah, that shows the difference <laughs> in uh, literature. There. But no, see, you're going to get this impression that the windfish is dangerous and it's going to destroy the world and yeah. it's some sort of horrible boss. And that's why you spend the whole game like thinking that maybe the windfish is going to be the final boss. Mm. Uh, or something um, but then actually yeah it's more sinister than that and it's just the idea that none of it's real yeah, I just and it's like, sad because it's like you're you're just trapped in the windfish's dream and the only way you can leave is by waking it up but then yeah. when you wake the windfish up it means that all the characters you've met is that all the friends you've forever. made yeah. Life on Mars was a fine example then Absolutely. Okay. I, I never got that far with Life on Mars yeah. spoilers, spoilers thanks yeah. for that Brad. Thanks, Brad. Well, <laughs> you know it for the first episode <laughs> well, okay. it's obviously not but real, I, yeah. I, the thing I love about Link's Awakening as well just the way it starts just stranded on a beach yeah. Strand on a beach. What is this place? What is this world? Oh, and you really feel for the out. people because it's not like a romantic story, or whatever, but you do make friends and stuff. And oh you, yeah, no, definitely. You definitely have more of a sense of like because obviously in lots of the other Zelda games you find yourself going around and meeting new people all the time, but yeah. this it was quite. Well, it had a weird mechanic where you spent all your time going back to this one town. Yeah. That was like quite a big town well, with lots of. It had a real emphasis on fetch quests as well, didn't it? So it connects yeah. all the people together like they all knew each other with fetch quests and well, stuff. Well, it did so. this thing as well because you get that in Ocarina and loads of the other games. Yeah. There's like a, you've seen like the bunny mask quest in Ocarina. Yeah. That's kind of an optional thing you can do. But in this, it was essential. Yeah, you had to do it. And yeah. you didn't know it was essential until quite late in the game when you realized that to get something, you needed to have an item yep. that you're like, well, how do I even get that? Yeah, yeah I got to do the fetch quest. And then yeah. you realize that there's this chain of events that you get items until you get the thing you need. Mm. But uh, yeah, no, it, it created that sense of, it was really smart because it meant that you, if it was an optional thing, it might not have worked, but because you had to do it, it created a sense of community. Yeah. And it oh, yeah, that, no, it did. It was yeah, lovely. I, really, I, I can't remember if I cried, but I think I might have done because I'm a massive pansy. <laughs> uh, I'm a, like, a proper grade A flower. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I found it really emotional. It was, like it, it was definitely a more emotional game. And I think, I, I swear, I may be making this up, but I think that's one of the reasons Miyamoto said, you know, do it, progress with it. Because he was like, it's so different. 
and had much more sort of emotional, uh, you know, weighing on, it's on like the David series. David Lynch's Zelda. Well, it was a bit like David Lynch's Zelda, you know, because <laughs> it was just so sort of weird and quirky compared to what they just released. And then after that, I'm probably getting my timeline. And then the Panasonic games came out. Now I'm going to reveal something. I played them too. They're awful. <laughs> <laughs> they are truly dreadful, horrible well, games. Never play them. I, I think we just go straight over them. I to think be that they're not. Yeah, they're they're basically like not really on the. Tra- oh, they're not on the canon timeline on Wikipedia. They so we'll ignore them. Honestly, they, they are. Exist. They are awful. I must say, the final thing I'll say about Wings Awakening. Wakes, uh, Link's Awakening. Wings Awakening. Wings Awakening. Really racist. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies for that. Um, is that I think it was like the one-two punch. You know, it was the fact that it, it was silly. Yeah. And that's why you're like, oh, it's got Mario characters, it's got Bow Wow, yeah. it's got all this sim- silly stuff in it. It kind of made you feel like it was just a flippant bit of fun. And that meant that you were just like, it had a really cheery atmosphere, that game. It felt like really, because it didn't have the kind of impending doom that a lot of the other Zelda games mm. do. Like obviously, you know, A Link to the Past starts off with it being like, seriously stressful oh yeah yeah before it's you bad, get to the kind happening. of that was like your like that was like the opening credits almost yeah, yeah, yeah. after you've done the whole intro it, it, you, when you realise that actually it was quite dark it was really sad oh man it got really dark like it's a horrible foreboding atmosphere at some points in that game where you feel almost lost I didn't want to finish yeah. it I remember when I first played it on the Game Boy I remember I didn't want to finish it yeah. when it got to the point of waking up the windfish I didn't want to yeah. because I knew that that's what I had to do but, uh, you know, it's a bit like Shadow Colossus style thing of like of knowing that you have to do it because that's the game and you don't yeah, have yeah. agency within this world. You just have to go along for the ride. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, next up, I think we've got... Uh, interestingly, I think after we got Ocarina of Time, um, which we've talked about a lot, Majora's Mask. Again, yeah. we, we talked oh. about this quite a lot the other day. But we should always mention crazy. it. Crazy. Just but there's the so weirdest, much to talk about craziest game. game ever in the... I mean, even with A Link's Awakening, I mean, just completely taking the formula... Which by that point, you know, was considered not only critically amazing, but that was Zelda. That's what it did. And he went, well, screw it. We're not going to do that. We're going to completely change it and we're going to put a time limit on everything. It's just like, who has the balls to do that? And it was still great. It was still great because it was so weird. And again, dark atmosphere. Dark, foreboding, evil. Like, this is Zelda. This is supposed to be this... It, well, you know, the more you talk about it, the more it sounds like that's a recurring theme. Well, I, no, but it is and it isn't. Yeah. Because this is what's interesting. Like, The Legend of Zelda didn't really have a story. Link to the Past had elements of darkness to it. Uh, Link's Awakening had a very dark streak towards the end. Ocarina of Time goes up was, and down, well, goes it? Up and yeah, down a lot. A lot. Majora's Mask was just really dark. <laughs> the whole time, it never stopped being dark. I remember when I was younger, like, I kind of feel like an idiot now because I remember when Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask were out, um, I was one of the people who was really like, oh, yeah, I want a dark Zelda. Yeah. Like, because, you know, that's something you always get people asking for and you always get, like, fan-made films of being like, hey, here's a new leaked <laughs> yeah. version of a Zelda game. And it'll be like a Zelda that looks really realistic and it's yeah, really yeah. gritty. And this whole dark and gritty thing is basically consistently what teenagers want mm. because, you know, really predictable and quite tedious creatures. Um, but I feel stupid in retrospect because I wanted... I, I remember thinking I want a dark, gritty mm. adult Zelda game. And I didn't realise until I looked back recently and looked, thought about Ocarina of Time and thought about Majora's Mask that despite, them, the, yeah. despite the bright colours and the... The cheery demeanor of things—they're quite—they are dark. Oh, games. the stories are horrendous. Batman actually, that wants to destroy the world. It's about tone as well, because I think if you have something that is consistently really grim, mm. it doesn't feel as dark sometimes yeah. as things where, like, you have the the opportunity to see the contrast of, I, of happy times and. That's it. Times. And I think Nintendo is so good at making sort of colorful, atmospheric worlds with a dark edge. 
Like the moon in Majora's Mask is terrifying. There are certain elements of, of Ocarina of Time which obviously are, are really, really horrific. Yeah, coming and out of the, yeah, into Hyrule. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Nintendo have <laughs> a real, real for, for a company yeah. that are now tagged with our oh, cutesy and, you know, frightfully so for many reasons. They can do it when they want it. When they want it to, like, even Low Rule, if we go back to the latest one, yeah. it comes out, that has, it's hor- not nice, it's horrible, and the, you know, the world is broken, and you've got these evil monsters that you'll recognise, but yeah, they can do it, and they can do it very, very well when they want to, and they know exactly what they're doing. It is that twist. I mean, I honestly think, especially, you know, talking about the being strangled to death, <laughs> when I started playing Ocarina Time, when I was, like, you know, running around, um, what's that, Kakariko Village, and, like, using chickens to... Uh, glide yeah. and collect chickens for a bottle and stuff and doing all this fun what sweet stuff. Mode. What are you re- recommend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you love the chicken thing. You're like, oh, <laughs> do this for chickens. Uh, the fact, yeah, uh, we've talked about Zelda puzzles. But um, it's that thing of like, if you told me that, oh yeah, 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 in about two hours, you'll be being strangled to death by <laughs> in this dark yeah, they brown, grey yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I Honestly, just stepping out and seeing what the cathedral of time or whatever it was called temple of time temple of yeah. time that's it um and just seeing the state of it and seeing what had happened to the place oh, it's crazy it, like blew my mind and actually it stayed with me for a long time oh me too that's whereas right. like dark souls and stuff uh, which obviously you know we made a link a lot is is like consistently dark yeah, yeah, yeah. like actually no demon souls more dark souls is interesting it has more levity but hmm. we've been playing demon souls and jesus christ yeah. it's like it does <laughs> it does get you actually there's work in a way but obviously that's more verging on like horror yeah, almost yeah, yeah. in yeah, terms yeah, of so like i'm playing it seems that way yeah. demon souls is fucking bleak yeah like it's so consistently <laughs> horrible and dark and interesting, grim interesting because from software japanese studio maybe it's just japan knows how to i think they do have a better grip at it than we do yeah, i maybe. think i think the thing is that a lot of time western developers when they try and introduce this sort of this this uh, contrast of light and dark what they try and do is they try and build up characters that you grow attached to mm. and then they try and force them to go through kind of negative emotions it's much more beast i think uh, a lot of western game design in that stream is based on television more and based on like yeah i think there's a point yeah and based on characters and, and and you like being relating to a character and relating to the situations they're in mm. whereas often with uh, games like this they japanese games tend to focus like, i think a bit more on uh broader themes rather than <coughs> social things and rather than like psychology I yeah, yeah i don't yeah I totally, the individual i agree with that yeah definitely i think that's why they're so I good think it, it comes down to that actually whether you're kind of this is a bit wide but you know talking about like collectivist cultures or individualistic cultures mm. i think that that's a major difference you look at games like i'm sorry it's tangent as fuck that's fine you look at games like final Fantasy 7 like obviously that was quite an impactful game in terms of the story but really the story there was about uh was about corporations and it was about yeah. um, environmental damage and it wasn't about individuals. People remember the characters yeah. from, uh, from that. They remember Aerith dying and stuff. They remember uh, Cloud and all that stuff. But really, the really memorable themes about that game were not about any individual characters. It's about what was going on in the they world. about the yeah. world. Yeah. And I think that's a, maybe a, a cultural difference. Anyway, I agree. I agree. Because it, it, they do that in, I'm jumping forward a little bit, in Twilight Princess as well. A lot of people are down on Twilight Princess. I, I thought it was all... I mean, it's Ocarina of Time 2. That is that game. It's Ocarina of Time 2. But all the wolf stuff as well in that has... The wolf stuff was great. The fun. fact that, you know, it gives it that kind of black... It's not really black and white, but, you know, it sucks the colour out of the world. And all the wolf stuff is very, very odd and very, very... Sort of not difficult to, to, to navigate, but there's always... Again, there's a sense of foreboding. There's a sense that this is not right, and obviously Link turns into a wolf, which is a bit strange anyway. What? Yeah, and, and you know, that... I don't, I'm not sure Western Studio could have done it as well, as, especially not as Nintendo, but even that has this you know, awful sense of 
this is not right. This, this, something is not... Into, I don't think I've even met a wolf in, in Ocarina of no, Time. Oh, you'll find them. There's wolves oh, okay. in Ocarina of Time. They're right. quite hard to kill, actually. Oh, yeah, they use are. Your, use your Z, your Z targeting yeah. for those. Actually, forest temple. I remember that, and that's, I think, probably the first temple you'll go to now. Yeah, when you're an adult, yeah. yeah this is nice, so. actually, because it's a nice step up, because it's almost you realise those first three temples are like an introduction. Yeah, tr- mm-hmm. tutorials, massive. You get to the, the first couple of temples that when you're an adult, and suddenly it's like, shit, yeah. this is hard. Like, yeah. It gives you a challenge. That forest temple's not easy. Yeah. Man, save your it. keys. Even getting to yeah, it. You're through the maze with the giants. Oh, shit, son. Good luck, Braz. Oh, I think I might stop playing. <laughs> no, you're, that, that temple is awesome, but, I mean, the atmosphere. I understand why a lot of people didn't like Twilight Princess because they thought, oh, it's just a rerun. But that's the reason I loved it. I thought it was excellent. And, and, you I know. like Twilight Princess. I think um, my problem with Twilight Princess, I've said this many times, but yeah. I didn't like the fact that it really hammed up this city in the sky as a lore thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, it's going to be a treat because it was like it kept kind of mentioning it. And I was like, you're blatantly going to go there. Because yeah. they were like, oh, this is ancient civilization in the sky. <laughs> and I'm like, amazing. I know Zelda games. It means I'm going to get to go to an island in the sky. And it's going to be, oh my God, it's amazing. And then, yeah. and then you get there, you find, out, you find yourself out of a cannon yeah. to a new, whole new area in the sky. And I'm just like, oh my God, like, I've explored the whole world map. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. And you get there, it's bollocks. It's just like some weird chicken things <laughs> in a land made of Tetris. It felt like it would be knocked together in an afternoon. I think that was her inspiration. I chicken it, things, Tetris, let's go. Yeah, let's just go to Nando's. I can't be fucked with yeah. this. <laughs> but my, my overriding memory of that, I, I can't even remember which area it is, but it was being in a forest area and there had been an incredible puzzle with statues. I can't even remember what you did. But I remember thinking then the reason I liked it so much was because the architecture was a lot more epic and over the top than Ocarina of Time. A lot of the areas that you got to had these almost like, mythical buildings not mythical um, medieval buildings they all felt it felt Link felt a lot smaller in that world the world felt a lot more intimidating and bigger and that's because technology got better and that's the thing I loved it more I remember the dungeons all felt like that they all felt massive I mean they're still for big and ocarina of time but just given the, the more powerful hardware and stuff, it just... I just felt they felt very familiar, though. It was almost That's like, true, too. It did feel like a career of time. It was nice, but it felt like, actually, weirdly, especially that Sky Temple, it felt like it was a 2D temple. I know what you mean. It felt yeah, like yeah, it was... Yeah. The design was exactly the same as an old 2D game, and that was a combination of... It gave me a nostalgic feel, yeah. but also, I don't know. I, I, I will say, though, that that game has some amazing moments. I loved oh, um, yeah. the whole section in the ice area. Oh, As I say, so I love the little mace, swingy mace yeah. that you got because it was just a new item yeah. and it used the Wii controls really nicely. And I love the whole story with the, the big Yeti people and the soup. And, <laughs> and that was quite dark. Yeah. Had to oh, fight definitely. the Lady Yeti. What? But I think the reason... She went evil. Yeah. She... I, I heard big Yeti and Super, and I was like, oh, that, that sounds hilarious. No. It was, it was hilarious. That, and then it got dark. That's got a great thing. I mean, mo- most Zelda games do it, but you start off in the lovely forest. And, but they don't really... I won't go into it in case you'd like to play it, Christopher Bratt. But there's a, the, even when you're in your home village, people aren't, they don't warm to you very much for, for a certain reason. And the way that builds, the way that makes you into a hero is really cool. The progression of there is really, you is know. Because you're a creepy little kid that just runs around no. smashing pots. And no. no, I remember that, yeah. Really it's very and, um, well done. Yeah, it is very well done. And you know what, I, I, I think it was mainly because I just got too hyped for it. And I think that was oh, the yeah, game yeah, where yeah. I kind of like, since then I've always kept my expectations a bit back. Yeah. Um, because I was expecting like Ocarina of Time 2. Like, you know, and it wasn't quite on par with Ocarina of Time. No, Ocarina of Time was the Majora's Mask game. in my mind. No, I totally agree with that. But I, I did, like, actually, one thing it did do really well, and I won't say what this was, but uh, there was a lovely twist at the end. Like, yes, fantastic. Um, and actually, yeah. that really got me. Yeah, me too. Um, just because it, it made you look at the characters in a way which I hadn't done. I thought it was a really nice, unexpected twist, because mm. usually I'm quite good at spotting that stuff. And I didn't see it coming. No, I didn't either. And I think it made me cry. <laughs> Everything makes me cry. I just like the, I thought the world, it just, you know, it just expanded the world. And that's the thing that I loved about it. The world felt massive. A list feature at some point. Games that haven't made (laughs) me cry. Five games. Five (laughs) games. There aren't that many. Tetris. (laughs) 
<laughs> I cried. That just <laughs> I cried, man. Because they think... just disappeared. All the bricks <laughs> disappeared. I think a lot of people sort of aim the same kind of stuff at Skyward Sword. I think, but the problem with Skyward Sword is, and you've said this, Matt, is it came out too late. Came out too late in the Wii's life cycle. It should have come out maybe even a year. I think it was supposed to come out a year early, but yeah. it didn't. If it had come out a year earlier, I would have played the hell out of it. It does introduce a lot of new themes. You know, it, it does toy around with not as much as the Link Between Worlds does, but it does toy around with that ocarina of time. You know, feel a lot, and it is a lot. And with Wii Motion Plus, it is a lot of fun to do sword play. And I've stuff heard the like sword that. play is awesome. Yeah, it's really really good. And I've heard that apparently the last section of the game. People haven't told me what it is because every time they've come close to it, I've gone... Ah, bah, bah, bah. Yeah, no, I'm not going to say what it um, is. But, but it, that game builds. I've heard it's like the equivalent of like uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 in terms yeah, of just is. being having this, very, this, very good. this lengthy section at the end where it is just like massive fan service for Zelda yeah. fans. And it, it, it's the build. Like Again, Ocarina of Time did it best in terms of, oh, haven't things lovely? No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. Oh my gosh, they're all fucked. And Skyward Sword does that well, but it does it in its own way. And that's the best thing. So when you get to the end of this adventure, and they all do this, you know, they're all epic adventures and journeys, which is why I like them. But when you get to the end of this journey, you, especially on Skyward Sword, you think, man, I have done a lot in this game. Do you know I mean, I've been through a lot of you know, good times and bad times. <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> Sit and it's, down and have a, a bit of a reflection. And that's what's so good about it. It leaves, it leaves an impression on you when, hey, when, you, when, know you, when you walk away. You know what? I think away. that is the hallmark of a great yeah. adventure game yeah. is when you sit back and you think, and you, you actively think, wow. And you, you really remember the whole journey. That's it. And it does... It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't completely change the formula like A Link Between Worlds does, but it does deliberately trick you in terms of dungeons again. It plays on your expectations and says, ah, no, you don't. You think, That's what I love that. You know, you, you know that I've played these other games. You're not going to let me yeah. get into this routine. It's a great shame I haven't had a chance. I was going to try and play some Skyward Sword before today. It's Nintendo's fault. It's Nintendo's fault. It came out too late it in is. the Wii cycle. It should have come out a year earlier, but I would still say if you like Zelda games, this Christmas... If you fancy a couple of Zelda games, you've got your 3DS one, get that Wii one. Cheap, dirt cheap now. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, to be honest, I haven't got a Wii um, and because they're just not releasing it on Wii U. I mean, you could play it on Madness. Wii U. Madness, they should have released HD on Wii U. Um, just do it Nintendo. I'm currently tinkering with the way I might be able to play Skyward Sword without consoles. Let's just say. I don't know what that I is, I wouldn't Matt. know what that would no, mean. Magic, But I'm I think. playing around with it. But, yeah. uh, but it's fine, I'll do it properly because it means if they ever actually re-release it on something that's a proper format you at full, down, I'll, I'll buy it. Yeah. I promise. But I mean, it, is, it is really, really good. It, it follows that Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess, you know, Skyward Sword, if you called that a trilogy, if you called it the Ocarina of Time trilogy, I don't <laughs> think that would be too audacious. I think that would be fine, but it still manages, to, again, to make that format its own. Not with anything too extreme. It doesn't go, right, everything's different. They did push it like that for a while. It's completely different. No, it isn't. Don't trick me, Nintendo. But it's still a very, very, very good Zelda. Well, game. actually, one of my uh, best mates uh, is a guy called Steve Hogarty, who used to be the editor of Official Nintendo Magazine. Yes, he did, yeah. And he reviewed it for Official Nintendo Magazine. Mm. And I trust his opinions on games a lot because he knows his shit. And yeah. I think he gave it a 10. And yeah, I'd give it every a time I talked to him about Skyward Sword, he was just like, it is one of the best games I've ever played. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a shame that it came out on such a dying it, console. It was released poorly. Like. And that's why I've said this many times, and I know a lot of Wii U fans will go, no, fuck off and die, you bastard. <laughs> but I really hope that if they are making a new Zelda game now, that Nintendo have the sense not to make it for the Wii U and to make it as a launch title for their next console. You know, everyone else I'm does so it. so tired yeah. of seeing this end of... It's like, it's just always sad because it means that they bring out... They haven't learned the lesson that we saw with like you know the PlayStation 2 of having all these amazing games coming out and no one buying them. Yeah. Um and I just think it would be really sad because no. they tease it. They always tease. They've got in a bad habit of teasing What's well, the first Zelda. they do with the Wii U? They had that demo. That yeah. really HD, realistic, heavy 5 minute and that Look, I'll tell you what, Nintendo, I paid 200 pounds for that game. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> like, it's like, if that game was out this Christmas... Oh, my days. At the moment, I'm sitting here going, Wii U, 200 quid with new Super Mario Brothers. I'm like, nah. I'm like, if it was Super Mario 3D World and the console for 200 quid, I'd do that. Yeah, yeah. As it is, 
sorry, I'm not yeah, interested enough in that game. Yeah, of course. However, if it was this Christmas, um, Zelda game on the Wii U, I'd pay 250 quid. It is weird I'd how like they drop that yeah. money. Like, I guess it's because Anuma develops most of them, so he has to sort of, you know. Well, check I, his time. I understand he needs his time, you know, and that's the problem is it's just more a case of I think that they, I hope they have the sense to not do what they did last time of being like, oh, we'll just squeeze it out at the end of being like, no, like, yeah. let's let's actually kind of do it properly this time. It's true because Skyward Score did get a bet. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it sold. I don't want to make out like I do, but it did feel like it got lost. Definitely. Unlike other Zelda games, which is it's well, terrible. Because most, it looks really nice as most well. Most hardcore gamers, like apart from like hardcore Nintendo fans who are, uh, no offense, but a complete different breed of people. Yeah, oh, um, I know. I'm <laughs> I, I got rid of my Wii U. My Wii. Um, a lot I, of people had. A lot of people had. The thing yeah, was, yeah. the Wii was a dangerous console for that because because it had such a massive mainstream appeal. Mm. It kept its price yeah. really well. And it meant that I'd had my Wii for about a year and a half. And I had a lot of fun with it. And um, all the games you wanted stopped coming. Yeah. And the games, oh, there was a big feeling. patch yeah. where there was no games coming out. And I basically thought, sod it. Yeah, no, I, no a lot somebody, of people with the same story. Somebody coming up to Christmas said, I'll give you 200 quid for your Wii. And I said, I haven't got the box. And they just went, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, I literally got back the same price for my Wii that I paid for exactly. it. Exactly. I know, I know that story all over. Precisely. So I think a lot of people sold it to their nan or their uncle and then when it came out everyone's like oh that would be awesome but i've sold it yeah um you know because if it was like most consoles where it'd be like there's no point selling the console because you only get like 70 quid for it mm. you wouldn't bother but they held their price too well yeah. uh, too much of a commodity two things i want to touch about just quickly sure we did mention it is and this ties into link to the past this ties into a link between worlds obviously the oracle of ages and oracle of seasons games who you wish is the same template i mean it's different worlds but they use that same idea i just want to you know because the thing that i love most about them is fair play capcom you took somebody else's idea and you made it your own, and they're fantastic. And they've got all the secrets. They in are it. really good. You've got to finish both to get the last boss. I mean, that's a bit of a marketing I mean, thing, but I loved it. It at was the, the time. whole again. It was that was a different time, and it, it kind of felt like that's what I liked about Capcom's uh, versions of the Zelda games was that all the other Zelda games follow the formula quite strictly, mm. but Capcom's they felt they had to do something different. Oh, they were well different. Yeah, the um, rod of you know the time rod time rod and, and the uh, season seasons. rod <laughs> it was uh, it was oracles of seasons and ages it was yeah. a rod of seasons a rod of ages but it was Sorry. it was the way they had the whole um, the ring system mm. you could have two rings equipped yeah, oh, it was and you could only it. get some of the rings in you could only get some of the rings in each version yeah. but then you had to use after you finished the game you get a code that you could enter to get the last into oh. the other game yeah. And then you could uh, start a new games with those codes and you get all your rings and then there was a special ring you could get if you completed both of them. Yeah. And they were, they were really cool as well because they grew too. The one thing that Capcom realised is we have got to build, 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 build and they yeah, did that. That does sound like a, a, a big thing they pushed with their marketing but you still feel so cool when you did it. It was amazing. I, I, we, that's, that's the playground talk right there. Yeah, it was yeah, all, exactly. I remember specifically because me and my mate uh, who I don't really see anymore but we used to play like we used to be obsessed with Nintendo games and we used to play them all. We didn't see each other very often and saw each other like once a year and I remember mm. we both had like before we saw it, we're like all right you get that one you get that one and then like six months yeah, later yeah, when yeah. we met up we traded cartridges. Beautiful. And it was that thing of I mean now the idea of writing down of bloody 12 digit code <laughs> actually I was going to tag that off but that's still pretty much what Nintendo used for all their online <laughs> yeah. stuff so still learning anyway still um, learning. but yeah it was this thing of like swapping cartridges and having these codes and it's just so exciting yeah but they were good I mean that's the thing is I think it's, it's weird that people almost forget that you, you would think now can you imagine if there was like um, if somebody said oh yeah 
we're going to let like this third party company make Zelda games for us. <laughs> Never happened. People would go mental. Because no, people would be like, no, they'll be rubbish. Exactly. Yeah. Well, actually, back then, like, I don't know, maybe I was too young to really follow that kind of games press. Maybe games media didn't operate in that way. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but there wasn't any noise at all. It doesn't seem to be. Um, I think the best, I don't know why I'm going to tell this story, but I feel like I have to. I think the ultimate kind of compliment for those games is I remember I was playing them. Yeah, it's Game Boy Advance. You know, you need the toilet. Take Game Boy Advance with you. Why not, eh? And I remember I played it for so long the toilet. When I stood up, I didn't realize that my legs were completely numb from leaning on them. I just collapsed on the floor. <laughs> so, you know, definitely not a healthy thing to do. Made me collapse. Yeah, exactly. That's another, great yeah, another great quote, quote, yeah. So don't do that. But I mean, I couldn't stop playing them. I thought they were, I thought they were absolutely A couple fantastic. of things we should quickly go through as well. Obviously, um, Four Swords was interesting. Oh my gosh, of course. Four Swords was amazing. Um, it, it, I, I didn't think it was amazing. Up. I think the problem with Four Swords was it was only amazing if you played it with four people. Yeah, which I did. That's why I loved it so I played much, it with but, two and yeah, it was fun, but... It was like a lot of the functionality wasn't there. No one had it. No one had the Game Boy Advance to the GameCube to do it. But again, so. that actually boils back to something I have a problem with but generally with Nintendo is they, they have this like amazing ability. They fucked around so much with the whole Game Boy Advance link cable and the GameCube, right? Yeah. And they had four swords on the GameCube. Pac-Man Verse is good too. Now, for the past like however many years, they've had the Wii U and the Wii <laughs> and they've had the DS and the 3DS. Yeah. Four consoles, two handheld, two home system, all of which have wireless capabilities. <laughs> yeah, and they haven't done and it. And they haven't <laughs> fucking done it. It's like... <laughs> I love Nintendo. Like the GameCube, so you weird. had to faff around with your yeah. fucking... Do you remember the link-up cables where with four of them, you had to like get them all to link together? You had to push them together first, then plug and them like, in, yeah. And it was like horrible. Like Captain Planet rings. It was bullshit. Yeah. And yet we went through it just so we could play... Crystal Chronicles. Four, oh, I did Final Fantasy, right? Yeah, yeah I did that too. And even that was a bit of a shit game because one person had to carry the bloody <laughs> yeah, the chalice. <laughs> and that was like, you just meant that... That was rubbish. You meant that a quarter of the time you were playing that game, you weren't having fun yeah. because you were the guy whose job it was and to that, hold that. Don't leave the circle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I like Four Swords because I went through it with four mates, three mates and me. Yeah. And that, that made it really, really fun. But it, it was cool because it was an offshoot. Um, but yeah, it, it didn't really. It, it, it kind of fell into a pattern. I mean, after to be fair, they have actually. Oh, I say that on the three ds they have actually got four souls. Four souls. I think it was a free download. Yeah, I got yeah, it anyway. Yeah, can do, so you yeah. can do it now. But yeah. it kind of feels like the time. New stuff. The time of yeah, pass. Yeah. It's like, can we have a new four swords, please? Obviously, Minish Cap as well. Minish Cap was Minish cool. Cap we chatted about great. this the other day. Minish Cap was really, really good. But it, you always thought they were going to do another one. They thought, oh, they've established it, and they didn't yeah. do it, which I never understood because Minish Cap felt like a good game. But a good game in its infancy and a sequel would have taken it. You it know, was technically higher. very impressive. Oh, it was very nice to look like, at. Yeah. It was, I remember because it was on the Game Boy Advance and it was just gorgeous. Yeah. The art style. Um, it, I remember it did some really clever stuff with sprites. Uh, the, yeah, I did. remember there was a boss so fight true. against the slime, electric slime. Yeah. the first boss fight. I like Brat nodding. Slime sounds like a Zelda boss. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I remember it getting bigger and moving around and I remember being like, it seems weird to say this now, but this was a point at which when you saw sprites doing stuff like getting larger and smaller and rotating, yeah, it was cool. that was like, whoa, yeah, how they done that? Yeah. Like, but it's two-dimensional. <laughs> 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 um, and now, obviously, yeah. Everyone does it. But it was a good game. I love the idea. like The, the gimmick of the, the hat where you could you know, obviously go really tiny was cool in dungeons because it would show you dungeons from two different perspectives. Yeah. Because you went in there as Big Link and then you got Small Link and it was all, everything. It was just cool. It was just something only Nintendo could really pull off. And but... it had that really awesome thing of like, you know, just when you were really small, you'd go into like 
holes in branches and stuff. Seen giant be, mushrooms and stuff. Giant, yeah. yeah, it was like, cool. It was really nice. It was a really nice touch. I'm surprised yeah. they haven't like. Well, I, was, I thought that. it was really good. I thought it was really well done. But I thought if they now they take everything they've learned and they develop on it, it would be really good. It was it quite short, happened. wasn't it? I think I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure it, I remember being surprised by the time I, I mean, finished it. I mean, it may have been just because we were spoiled with a whole double game with seasons and agents. Exactly. Yeah. But it did feel quite short. Yeah. And other stuff we really should mention. Um, this is an obvious one, but quite a big one. Oh no! It's just the Wind Waker. I think that's because they re-released it. Can you yeah. imagine it's, if we put this out? And without the Wind Waker, that'd be terrible. That's because they just re-released it. So I now think it's new, but it's not. It's true. The Wind Waker, yeah, I mean, it's just fantastic. My favourite part of the Wind Waker is still when you, you um, take your boat into the, into the castle and you see all the Ocarina of Time references. That's still my favourite bit of that game. It's, it talks it's, about the hero of time and stuff. And I was kind like, of annoyed because oh, I, I got the twist in, in Wind Waker spoiled for me. Yeah. Um, oh, so I, kind of, I know. I can't remember who did it now. I've probably blocked it from my memory because yeah. I know I'll hurt them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I kind of stopped playing actually um, because of that, I mm. think. Because like, uh, oh, it takes the wind out of your sails. That's a bad pun. It means right. a bad pun, but yeah, that's good. Also, <laughs> I liked it. Right, I liked the visuals of it, but I did find like it was a bloody big sea. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was. I think it, the problem was I was just sail. getting to the point where you could like teleport around a bit, but I felt like I just got really annoyed. I was like. Oh, and everyone kept saying to me, "Yeah, but you'll get something so you can teleport around the sea soon." And yeah. I was like, oh, "What am I gonna do it now? I'm I, fed up of sailing around." I did like the sea though because it did make it feel huge. It was like everything. And when you and when you used to do, it was a bit like Mario sixty four because when you kind of got close to a level and you slowly saw how it because it went. It, the, you know, I hate the term, but the verticality was always it wasn't up. Every every island went up. Um, and I remember I loved seeing that come into view. And you're like, oh, I'm gonna have to get up there, and I love that, that kind of oh, no, stuff. That, I, I mean, that was awesome. That was awesome. Like yeah. that's the problem is like I, I kind of got a bit bored sometimes of just waiting for the ocean to hurry up and give yeah, me a new no, island. I think that's a fair criticism. But um, I did love it when you found the new island and some of them were so inventive. Oh, they were so cool. And actually, mean, just the art style. I mean, like, stuff like the explosions, the way the bombs exploded. The art style makes that game. For the, something that was so sort of, you know, a joke back at the time with a lot of people, you can't make it look like this. It, stand, it stood up tremendously well and it's did probably it? its best feature, to be honest. Did people criticise it when it came Oh, oh yeah, big thought, time. You can't make really? a cartoon Zelda. It looks like a kid's game. But it was wonderful. There's I mean, still, like, yeah. massive arguments. There's a massive split down the internet. Yeah. Yeah, of yeah. people who think that it's the prettiest game ever and people who think it's the ugliest. I, th- I think it's a wonderful game. I, th- I think it looks really, really good. I'm, I'm not sure I, I like how Link is portrayed in it from what I've seen, but the actual game looks it's, it's, so uh, it's brilliant. Like, it's just... Um, it, it doesn't do too much differently in terms of the progression. I mean, there are there are certainly different things that it does, and, and the story is quite different. But the dungeons, there are familiar elements to it. But the art style made it feel fresh and made it feel new. And the whole Postman quest was amazing. I love that Postman quest. Yeah, the Postman quest was cool. Yeah, I remember did starting it, did it finish with a really dark ending, probably. That's it's, the thing is, I, it has I dark got, moments. I got the impression it lacked. One of the reasons I didn't like it was because it did feel a bit like seaside resort stuff to me. I know it, what you it, mean. It was nice and it was it was toy, but it lacked that. Darkness. It, it was cool when you're on the scene, like a storm would hit. Obviously, predetermined storm and stuff. As you're going to a temple or yeah, something, and as you cool. build up to the last bay, it did that a lot. And the way, good grief! I tell you what, for a game this cartoon, when you kill Ganon, you stab that motherfucker in the head. <laughs> like I've never seen that in any other Zelda game. You stab in the head, and I was like, Man. that is Shit. dark. So it does have moments. There's certain levels as well, which are certainly a bit off-putting. I, I, I was under the impression that I, I've never finished a Zelda game that they just trap him in the Triforce or something and, oh, no. and then, oh, I'll get you next time. <laughs> Link kills this Stabs guy. Stabs him in the head. Link is like Batman in Batman Return. That guy's dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> get to, you get to the end of Ocarina of Time, you just go and fight Ganon and oh, that. Man. Oh, Jeez. yeah. It's an amazing fight. That is epic. But um, I, think, I think mainly, actually, my disappointment with Wind Waker was mainly due to... I think just... It's kind of like, you know... 
how you have that thing where it's like it's like you have a, a favorite director or an artist or something and they just go off the rails and you sort of think shit and you kind of think whoa man you've gone mad yeah but then the same time you sort of think where are you going with this and for me that's what like majora's mask was all about i see what you mean so you'd i wonder like, what yeah, the yeah. team splits were like because you know it really felt because because majora's mask came out like two years after yeah they must have been working on it either they just had i don't know it's like either the whole um ocarina team went straight onto that yeah and just went a bit mad because maybe they just almost burn out from doing ocarina and just yeah. went crazy with ideas yeah but it kind of felt like i don't know that team just it felt different it felt like a really different direction. i know what you mean and actually I, I think it's just an interesting thing to end on actually just because i think it's possibly one of the most memorable things in any zelda game in my mind and you might disagree um <laughs> was the whole thing of the fetch quest stuff with the masks yeah and the fact that to complete Majora's Mask. There was two endings basically, mm-hmm. and there was one end. Well, no, I'm sure if there was a different ending, you could get the hero's mask. Yeah, yeah. And if you got this special mask, then you had to get all the masks in the game to get it, which was a lot of work. Oh yeah, it's hard. But really, then if really you hard. got it, you got the hero's mask, and the last boss was really easy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Stupidly easy because yeah. it basically it meant you got this sort of true ending where you become almost like he. You're fighting against this really hard boss, but you become like a superhero yeah, pretty yeah. much, and you just destroy it. And it was really weird art style. Whole thing was odd. But anyway, um, one of the masks that was the hardest one to get was the lover's mask. Yep. And the lover's mask took such a long time because basically <laughs> you had to do these fetch quests and you had to do this chain of things within the three days. And you could some bits you got stuck on because you needed new items or you needed new... And you could only do it right at the end of the game, basically. Yeah. But it was really sad because it was like you invested so much time into getting everything right so that these two um, oh, and then lovers... When you, the next time around, it starts again. Yeah, well, it's the fact that you keep doing it and you keep having to restart again and again and again. And there's something really poignant because you because it's a bit like in Shadow of the Colossus where it gives you the time to think and the, the space to think. There's something really poignant about the, the effort you were going to to reunite these lovers yeah. because they, they had personal problems and you were going out of your way to basically almost be like, little elf making their life better so that they could, you know, fall in love and yeah. be together. And there was something really poignant about the fact that every time you do that, they'd get this... Because you'd have to finish it about a minute. The only way you could do it is you finish it a minute before the moon arrives. Yeah. So it's like this Romeo and Juliet thing of like... Oh, it's lovely. If you get yeah. everything right, then they just get that split second together before the world ends. And oh, to do that, you required so much work. Yeah, and so yeah, much. Yeah. And I think that element of like... That's, I think sometimes people just look at Zelda and go, oh, yeah, no, bombs and shook, hook shots and bows yeah. and arrows. That's an element of it. But I think it's the little mini stories like that within the games that really make them... Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I've always said that. Any kind of game is the little moments that make them stand out. And I think, for me, definitely Zelda does that better than any, any game, be it quips to other games, be it the way it acknowledges other games or anything like that. It's just, again, it makes you feel like you're part of a special club and you're the only one. You're not. There's millions of other people, but it makes it feel like that. Well, we are That's still, a hard thing yeah. to pull off. Well, we are still all part of a special club. Well, yeah. I can't believe I'm 29 years old and they've just released a Zelda game which I think could be in my top, you know, maybe five, maybe ten games ever. I mean, I'm that's, excited. You know, that is, 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 is testament where testament is due in Nintendo. I am incredibly you know, made a wonderful game. Excited. When the PlayStation 4 comes out, I will be sitting on my 3DS <laughs> going, fuck off, yeah. next gen. Yeah. Fuck off. I, honestly, this is exactly what I wanted from a, from a handheld Zelda. Anyway, long, long may the club continue and uh, thank you for joining <laughs> us and being part of our little club indeed uh, this week this was obviously a one-off podcast if you're listening to this on youtube or then uh bear in mind that obviously we do a weekly games podcast about mm-hmm. all sorts of games that's right it's um, about everything. if you're not familiar with that you can subscribe to that mm. and yeah thank you very much for watching listening 
Whatever you do. Whatever. Doing. You can watch us somehow, I'm sure. And it will have been a static Enjoy. screen if you were watching it. <laughs> and finally, if you haven't done so already, of course, we do have you go to videogamer.com. We are obviously a full gamers website. We've got the review in the, the accompanying feature. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, the accompanying feature is long. Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> so we've got our, our usual video gamer brand, a very short, sharp review to just give you a quick <laughs> gist of it, and then, and then a massive honestly, feature. Any, allowed to write anyone that ever says, oh, we don't write enough, bollocks. <laughs> we write too much. <laughs> Fact. Well, I look forward to going and reading that now. Anyway, thanks so much for joining us, guys. Cheers. Goodbye.